1: Welcome back to the program. Lori Rubinson here with you. And the Giants, well, it was clear, when and they're in. And when they did uh, in a big way. 38-10, leaving no doubt on Sunday versus the Colts and the New York Giants going to the playoffs, clinching a playoff spot for the first time since 2016 to talk about the Giants and their big win. We bring in Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post was there at MetLife today. Hey, Ryan, how are you?
0: Good, Lori. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, let's start just sort of big picture. And, I predicted the Giants would win five games this season. And I could see maybe I could have talked my way into six. But was there any universe when you looked at a roster that went 4-13 and 13 last year and seemed to have lost talent because of the salary cap with guys losing guys like you know James Bradbury? Was there any, any situation that you saw and thought that this was a playoff team?
0: No, I I picked them to win four games. Uh, Most beat writers and national analysts, I I track it every year in August and September. I track it so I know who was ahead of the curve. Most had them at uh, three to eight wins, Uh, eight being very few people had eight wins. I had four. So, no, I didn't see any. Um, world where this was possible. And if there was a world, I'd let, give a shout out to the Twitter fan who pointed this out to me today. Any world where they won more than six, you were thinking that's because they got the most out of Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Wandale Robinson <laughs> as like their top four receivers. Like, wow, they did a great job with these guys. And they got basically nothing out of those four guys. And they have nine wins. So, no, just a tremendous... This is Whenever you wonder in your life about how much does coaching really matter, go back to the 2022 Giants and say a ton.
1: Yeah. And so, again, big picture, not a little thing. You know, if we looked at this season and some of the questions that we wanted to answer uh, for the New York Giants coming into it, one of those questions was do they have the right head coach? And with the job Brian Dable, a first-time head coach, did this year with, as you're pointing out, I mean, they did this with essentially no wide receivers. Um, You know, just that's a resounding, resounding yes. And and I think sometimes we can say, well, it's a one-hit wonder and, you know, you need to see a longer body of work. But what are some of, as you covered this team, and you've covered other giants and jets and other head coaches. What are some of the characteristics or traits that you saw from Dable that would convince you this isn't just a one hit thing? This is a guy who actually knows how to be a head coach.
0: The couple things would be one uh, embracing uh, embracing analytics. He doesn't. He's not guided by it. Uh, excuse me. He's not. A, he's not. Um, he's not totally. You know, not driven, it, but, not
1: driven by it. You know, yes, but 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 you. But, uh, but you know. On the other hand, um, embracing it
0: to inform his decision. Mm-hmm. So he's not anti it, and he's not totally by the book. So yep. he, he's a mix of both. I think that's very important in today's NFL. He's authentic. He's players, he's, the dayball we see at the podium isn't who they see behind the scenes. He's very much one of the guys, which I think is very important. Uh, he's aggressive he's um very creative in his look kapka's calling the plays but dayball is still heavily involved in designing the offense it's a very game to game uh Changing offense, Laurie. It, it doesn't look the same every week. Some weeks we see a lot of tight ends. Some weeks we see multiple running back packages. There's very much scheme creativity, and it's very hard to get in a sense for what the Giants' quote-unquote identity is from week to week. So he's just very much a modern offensive football coach, but he's more than offense because he does, like I said, he, he's involved in the defense. He's, you see him high in the defensive guys. He's not one of those guys. Like Rex Ryan was the other way, where when his unit's not on the field, his head is buried in, uh, you know, the play sheet or on the bench. No, he's very much involved in all sides of the ball, even though his expertise is offense.
1: It's a great point to highlight that you're making. That you know, we hear about that the Giants and Dable says it all the time. The game plan changes uh, week to week, and that's one of those interesting aspects that someone gets as a former assistant working under Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, it's very clear the game plan changes week to week. We talk about sometimes, though, those Belichick former assistants are not successful, and I think it is because they're not always authentic. They are almost trying to be a mini Belichick. And I think it's interesting that Brian Dable is authentic to his personality but has embraced certain aspects like that. You know, changing game plan um, borrowed from some of the mentors and guys he's learned under. Um, so a really nice blend there. How about one assistant coach that you want to highlight? You know, If we're talking about this is obviously, a, a, you know, Dable's done a great job, but the coaching staff in general, is there one assistant, if I say to you, you know, shine a light on somebody?
0: Well, I would have, to, if you're if you're including coordinators, yep. it has to be Wink Martindale. I mean, mm-hmm. It just it just has to be. I mean, uh, they've had rotating parts like crazy in the secondary. They have literally no inside linebackers. Uh, I think <laughs> they're on their so they <laughs> They're on their sixth inside linebacker, and basically, Landon Collins, who was out of the NFL, and. Uh, August is now their number one inside linebacker when Jalen Smith, both guys couldn't get a job with anybody in training camp. And now they're the Giants' two best inside linebackers. The secondary, he's had different parts every week. Uh, He's gotten uh, the most out of Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. It it would have to be Wink. Uh, It's it's unbelievable he isn't a head coach in this league with the way his players love him. That's only – you know, because he's on the older side and he's a defensive mind, but geez, I mean, if he was a young offensive guy, he'd be, he'd be having people uh, lined up at his door. It would have to be him. And then secondarily, the position coaches, Jerome Henderson, the D-backs coach for those same reasons, moving parts, Mike Groh, the receivers coach. I mean, to get the most out (laughs) of what he's gotten out of these guys, just a tremendous job, those two guys, I think. And Drew Wilkins, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau here, uh, I think has really broken through to him. I think those three guys particularly have done a great job. Talking to Ryan
1: Dunleavy about the Giants, their uh, playoff, the playoff bound New York Giants, uh, we can say it now. And so, okay, Brian Dable, the coaching staff, tremendous job. That was one question coming into the season is, did the Giants get the coach, the head coach right? The other big question hanging over the entire season was the quarterback and Daniel Jones and so let's start there. big picture with the body of work the improvement that you've seen over the course of the season and even we'll take it through today on Sunday and the game Daniel Jones played in a must-win game is he the Giants' starting quarterback next season
0: oh for sure I mean there's no doubt uh, John Marrow almost basically said that <laughs> to the game today when he called it uh, called it gratifying to see how far he's come. There's no doubt he's a quarterback next year. Uh, I would say there's probably no doubt he's going to get a multi-year deal at this point. It'll probably be into 2024 20, and beyond. Uh, and there's no worse than the franchise tag for him at this point next year. And if they try to – squeeze him on a multi-year deal, he'll probably just say, no, I'm not taking a bargain from you guys. I'll I'll take the franchise tag. So, yeah, I think there's almost no doubt he's the quarterback next year. He's playing at a super high level, throwing balls into tight windows without turning the ball over. The way he's moved the pocket uh, when Mm -hmm. it's collapsed for a couple touchdowns to Hodgins last week, to Richie James this week, he's uh, protecting the ball, he's making plays. And for the first time, I think, probably in his whole career, including his good rookie year. I think he's making his teammates better.
1: Yeah, that um, I've had that discussion with people. I think that with the, you know, all the receivers that are not there on this giants roster, and there's really nobody on this roster that is probably a top three or starting um, receiver on, you know, other successful teams. And I think, you know, with what we're seeing with the ascent of an Isaiah Hodgins, a guy, you know, a practice squad type of player who now looks like he might be breaking through. Daniel Jones is doing that thing that we saw Eli Manning do earlier in his career, where you make other players better. And that ability to make other players better, to almost coach up other players as a quarterback, um, certainly is something that You see that and you wonder uh, with another year with this coaching staff and you would assume they'll go out and get him at least one or two uh, starting caliber NFL receivers or, you know, tight ends and other players and weapons around him. Um, I guess the question, how much better? I mean, do you think he's 25? How much upside do you think there is in Daniel Jones in his
0: game? Oh, Yeah, a lot. I think for the reasons you said, I think if he had better weapons, there's probably a lot of upside. There's plenty of reason to think he could be a top 10 quarterback at this point. Do I think he's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow? No, (laughs) of course not. But could he be in that second tier? I mean, Eli Manning was never a top 10, really, quarterback in the NFL. He had he had great playoff runs, but most seasons he was not a top 10 quarterback during his heyday uh, he just played really well in big games. Could that be Daniel Jones? Sure, It could be. You highlighted the receivers. Let's not forget, Lori. We spent six years writing and talking on your shows, and yeah, the uh, offensive line. That, yeah, yeah, the offensive yeah. line was horrendous. This offensive line isn't great. Let's right. not kid her. That's not kid her. Andrew Thomas
1: and a bunch of other guys.
0: Yeah, and Daniel's making them much better yep. too with his with his uh, ability to move the pocket and the fact that when he's sa- he gets sacked, he isn't fumbling. So. Uh, he's made them a lot better. Evan Neal's really struggling as a mm-hmm. rookie. Yep. G- you know, Gates and uh, Bredesen are platooning at one guard. Feliciano hasn't had a great year. Kluwinski, Kluwinski, has, an, Kluwinski a great, has, yeah.
1: I mean, he's yeah. the big free agent signing. He's probably been, uh, you
0: know, one of the bigger disappointments. Yeah, So and he's making them look better, too. And like you said, tight ends. I mean, it's basically Daniel Bellinger was a fourth-year rookie, a fourth-round rookie on most teams. That guy's the backup or third-string right. tight end. He plays 97. 70% of the snaps for the
1: Giants. Yeah. It'll be, I think it'll actually be fun to watch Daniel Jones another year of confidence in this offense the decision making quickens even more as he knows it better and with some guys who are really capable of yak yards after the catch you know can take a slant um to the house uh, those sort of weapons would be really interesting all right but well, so,
0: let's not forget when you pay him 35 million dollars and Saquon yeah. you know 15 million dollars a year there's not going to be a whole lot. It's almost unfortunate for him. This is why you have to capitalize on the rookie contract because this is when you would have liked to have had those weapons. Now you're going to try to add them with, thirty five to Daniel and fifteen to Saquon, it's not gonna be easy to find enough bit well, room for an eighteen million dollar a year receiver. It's probably gonna to have to be your first round pick.
1: We'll save we'll save the conversation for another day of how much you should pay on a second contract and how many years to a running back. I'm personally of the I think you give Daniel Jones a few years of a contract. Maybe you um franchise Sa- uh, Saquon, which might be twelve million or something like that. I don't think you can I personally don't think you can commit Long term um, to running backs, um, we'll see where that goes. But uh, but let's say those guys are back, and whatever those numbers, you know, whether it's thirty something, you know, thirty to Daniel, twelve to Saquon, whatever it is, you're right. I also think when you look at the wide receivers, uh, the free agent class, it's not particularly good. So I think you're right that the most likely scenario is you have to go out there with your first-round draft pick and you look at other teams and draft those wide receivers um, and develop them. And that is probably most likely where the better players are coming from. Um, all right, so there, you know, those are uh, on offense. We've talked a little bit about it. Let's flip to the defense. And you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Another reason, obviously, um, if you're a Giants fan, to be excited has been, you know, the emergence of of Thibodeau and and the way he's playing. Um, let, you know, I, I feel like I have to ask it because it's certainly blowing up on Twitter, and the Colts had an issue with it. He makes a great play, um, sacks Foles, and it's not a great look as as Nick Foles is lying there writhing in pain on the turf, and right next to him, Kayvon Thibodeau is doing snow angels to celebrate. I, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't really realize how badly Nick Foles was hurt on that play. But he then cave on Thibodeau comes over to the sidelines later and does sort of a sleeping gesture, um, which again you can say, is he, you know, putting the other team to sleep? Is he you know, what is he doing here? But all of it, the optics of all of that, um, you know, I, I know he was asked about it. If you can, you know, enlighten us on your thoughts on this and and how you know how it looks in the optics of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he said after the game exactly what you'd expect, which is that he didn't see that Nick Foles was down and in that much pain. Uh, you'd like to think that's true because you know, just athlete to athlete. Most, you know, they have respect for each other. No one wants to see a guy get hurt. So I believe him in that regard for sure. Um, As far as the sleeping gesture, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing, right? I mean, he's going to be a trash talker. He's going to be a, a big animated personality. That's who he's going to be. So yeah, I mean, he mugs for the cameras and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he likes it. He wants the attention on him. So yeah, he's going to do the sleeping gesture when they blow a team out. He's, gonna dance and celebrate and talk trash and that's just who he's gonna be so he's that's why he wanted to be in new york so no i don't think he's ever going to be a pc kind of guy uh but no i don't think he wanted to be disrespectful to nick Foles either i think it it, had he known that he would like he'd like a mulligan on that one probably but he would have somehow found a way to get a celebration in later i promise you that
1: (laughs) um i think he is um, probably shutting up the people who thought for some reason that he was going to be a player who takes plays off or doesn't give max effort or doesn't care about the game. I think in a lot of ways, you know, as you're pointing out, he's actually a very good fit with the New York market. Take care of business, be a star on the field and all the things that he wants off the field probably come his way. Um I also thought, um, interesting, maybe, you know, I don't know, is it a symbol of the season in some ways? Uh, Dexter Lawrence getting his sack by just, um, treating all pro, you know, perennial all pro (laughs) Nelson like a tackling dummy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is the best player, is the best player on the Giants' defense and probably the best player on the giants right now. Uh, Absolutely. It was when I, I mentioned him when we talked about Wink and the players he's maximized. Yeah, I think it was symbolic. I mean, Quinton Nelson hasn't had the same year this year that we're used to having out of him when we put him on like a Hall of Fame track, but that's still one of the best guards in the league. And Dexter Lawrence tossed him aside. Dexter Lawrence going to the Pro Bowl for all the right reasons. And he really, he's become one of the faces of the team. He's not just a captain, he's a guy who stands in front of the cameras, accountable every week. Just uh, one of the. Symbols of the Giants, as far as a core that we all looked at last year and said these guys can't get it done. They were overdrafted, and those same guys—McKinney, Thomas, Barkley, Jones, Lawrence—are all all suddenly look like the foundation, the drafted foundation, homegrown of a playoff team.
1: What was the? Uh, mood in the locker room amongst some of these guys who have just known losing in their Giants career um, to clinch a playoff spot the mood of them and maybe of some of the other newer players just how they felt about getting some of these younger veterans to a a playoff spot
0: you know what I thought it would be relief and it wasn't there was definitely excitement of course it was you know there was a raucous kind of party feel to it but there was also very much of uh message of this isn't done. We Our goal is going to make the playoffs. We want to make noise. Somebody threw around the word, word championship. Somebody threw around the word <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, they, uh, they aren't just happy to be there. I say they're playing with house money the rest of the way. But look, if they draw the Vikings in the 3-6 game, yeah. they could have easily beat the Vikings last week. So, all of a sudden, you're talking about a very winnable playoff game. The mood was celebratory, but hey, there's more to do, which I thought was kind of cool because, for me, they don't really have to do anything
1: else. <laughs> yeah, it's already a successful season. Uh, had um, some of my uh, followers on, on Twitter wondering, Xavier McKinney after the game went for some x-rays. Was that just precautionary? Should Giants fans be worried about McKinney?
0: No, I asked him after the game, and he said that was scheduled before. Okay the game even happened he said part of basically part of the deal with him playing was after the game you're getting x-rays look he played well i thought um he didn't use the hand to go over the top on the 49 yard completion he allowed he attributed that to rust and then he had the pass breakup near the goal line at the end. I think he probably, that probably is an interception if he's not wearing a splint, if he has his regular hand. But that's just part of the give and take. He's not gonna be able to play as his full self, but I think him at, you know, eighty percent or whatever, still a really good player. He said nothing to worry about. Felt hand feels fine.
1: The last one before I let you go is um, compare where the, the way the giants took care of business and where they are as a franchise right now with what the jets did and the jets have so much talent on that roster it seems, but you know, would you rather be in a situation where the giants are with head coach and quarterback, or would you rather right. have the more complete roster, which the jets have, but question marks, um, at quarterback and coach.
0: I don't think I could say it any better than you did, Laurie. That's exactly where the two teams are. The Giants feel like they have their quarterback and their coach. The Jets feel like they have everything else. And usually in the NFL, you'd rather be the team that has the quarterback and the coach and find everything else. The Jets changed quarterbacks five times this year from the very beginning of – Wilson getting hurt in the preseason and having to go to Flacco. That was the first of five changes. You can't do that. You just, I mean, you're not going to win like that. So they have a good young core, uh, but they're in a tough division, and they don't know who their starting quarterback next season probably isn't on the team right now. Yep. And that's very scary.
1: Yeah, I'd say the same about the quarterback. Um, Ryan Ryan does a great job covering the NFL. Thanks for um, giving us the update on the Giants and uh, and all the uh, the you know feel and vibes in the locker room today. Um, appreciate the time. Catch up with you soon.
0: Sounds good, Laurie. Thanks.
1: All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back.